Welcome to Seasons, a year of movies. I'm Emma. And I'm Grace. And we're continuing our Miyazaki season. We watched Kiki's Delivery Service. We did. And it was dope. It's um, a very good movie. Probably my favorite of these so far. Yeah. It's, um, it's extremely good. It's very good. This is going to be, I think, the mood for the rest of these movies. I'm sorry, like, I know people like these movies a lot, and if you're coming here for some, some criticism of Ghibli and Miyazaki, we got it. We're gonna have it. I have some thoughts about this movie, but also we like these a lot. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking for something else, too bad. <laughs> this is what we got. This is what we're serving up. Yeah, it's it's great, and it made us cry. Um, you can stop listening. Uh, th- th- we've done all the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut and paste. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm actually really curious about how how Howl's Moving Castle is going to come off to mm, me because I remember yeah. I remember being kind of lukewarm on it last time I watched it. Oh, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk about my history with that movie when we get to when it. When we get to it, yeah. Uh, let's not get too derailed here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's talk about our history uh, with these movies. With this one specifically. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> um, I saw this movie once when I lived in California. So, at the very least, 12 years ago. That's a long time ago. And that's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is, yeah. Um, most of these movies, Miyazaki movies, especially, we didn't watch, like, much other Studio Ghibli movies. I watched Pom Pom Poco one time. But anyway, so this was one of the ones that was, I think this was the first one we had, possibly, maybe, maybe either this or Totoro mm-hmm. um, was the first one we had. And so it was a constant thing. I'm pretty sure my brother was Kiki for Halloween once. That is the cutest thing. At the very least, he dressed up as her. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. So this is like, yeah, like this is in our bones, right? And like this is something I realized just watching this movie is that these, like, these movies have a hold on like, I mean, my current self in a way that we'll get to, but like also just like the experience I've had in the past that is like really really difficult to shake mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah so this movie's yeah this discussion at least is gonna be emotional <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it will be all anyway, right but let's uh let's talk about the plot and mm-hmm. then we can get to our likes and yikes yeah so kiki is a little girl a young witch she's mm-hmm. 13 and as is tradition, um, when a witch turns 13, she's supposed to go off on her own to train for a year, mm-hmm. um, you know, without her family and, like, getting new experiences and such. Yeah, basically you go and, like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll run a little potion shop or potion stand in this mm-hmm. marketplace or whatever and just have a cool time. Yeah. Making potions or... <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever you whatever it is that you do. Whatever your specialty whatever, is. Yeah, whatever your witch Sona is. That's what you... <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> what, you, what? Okay. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's, hey, I, I... You know, we all like to think of ourselves as a witch a little bit. Thinking about mm-hmm. what kind of witch we want to be. I think that's... I think that's... That's praxis right there. <laughs> that's valid. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I phrased it in a, in a, in a weird internet way. Um, so, anyway... Um, yeah, she leaves her home um, with her cat, her little cat, um, Gigi. Gigi. And uh, she's, like, looking for a big, like, beautiful, massive city by the sea, and she finds it. Yep. 
and uh but then it turns out to be not as lovely as she thinks it is yeah well she kind of i mean i think she just kind of goes to the city and it's rough (laughs) because being in the city is like oh like people don't want to talk to me and (laughs) And, like i have to follow traffic laws (laughs) yes yeah and cops are here all the time yeah um Anyway, and so she kind of has shenanigans, but she ends up staying with this Baker mm-hmm. family. Osano is Osano. the best. She's so great. She's the Baker, and she takes Kiki in. Um, they have, like, a room in the attic. Yeah. Um, and she takes her in, not because of her delivery service, but, like, that's how they meet, um, is, uh, you know, a patron of the bakery, like, forgot, you know, forgot something. And Kiki used her broom to go fly it down to her real quick. Yeah. Um, so Osano's like, you can stay here. And, like, if you want to keep doing that for people, like, right. you can do that. And sometimes just look over the shop and that'll be that'll be room and board, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and, I mean, this is the thing is this is a movie that's kind of light on, on plot proper. Although it's a little more shenanigan-y than uh, Tortora is. Her first assignment is to deliver a little cat doll yes to uh to the daughter of no to to, is it no to this rich lady's nephew nephew that's what it is i was like that's right to her nephew and so um she gets she on the way she's flying over his force gets attacked by ravens Mm -hmm. who uh mess up the doll yeah and stuff and so and the the doll looks exactly like Gigi, Mm -hmm. her cat and so she delivers Gigi. As if it were the doll, and then goes to, like, go retrieve the doll, and, you know, has to fix it up. And she runs into Ursula, mm-hmm. who's this lady who's living in a cabin in the woods. It's just, like, an artist. Also the best. She's so good. We Okay, I have lots of Ursula thoughts I want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, anyway. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get we'll to get it. We'll get to it. Um, so, uh, anyway, so these will become friends. Um, and then she, you know, fixes up the the doll and they bring it back everything works out mm-hmm. um yeah there's also a big friendly dog we'll talk about him later oh who, yes. who becomes friends with the gg at the house yeah it's very good um and then i think also this is where we should mention if you haven't seen this movie and you don't know gg can talk <laughs> yes we should mention that yes yes gg can, can talk can speak with kiki and communicate yeah yeah um, Right, and so they're butts. They're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, yeah, Gigi's also kind of the worst. <laughs> I love Gigi. He's just, he's just, she, he, they, having a yeah. rough time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's definitely a, so it's voiced in English by by a man, mm-hmm. um, Phil Hartman. Yeah, and in, I'm pretty in sure Japanese, it's a woman. Yeah, I think it, anyway, so. But I don't know if it's supposed oh. to be, I don't know what it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be gendered, though. It's mm-hmm. like a different, it's a yeah. question. Than it being played by one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, then. I mean, she has more delivery stuff. Yeah, and the like important one we should mention is that um, she doesn't a, a delivery. She gets called uh, to an old woman's house. Yeah. To the madam's house, um, and she like helps this woman um, bake this nasty pie, and like they are just the sweetest pals mm-hmm. to each other. Um, and then it's and like, like Kiki 
like loves and respects this right. woman. And she's been kind of getting friendly with this boy, Tombo. Right. We forgot all about Tombo. Uh, and and he invited her to a party. Mm-hmm. And so right after she makes this delivery, she's going to go deliver this um, pie to the party. Yeah. Um, but she gets caught in the rain. Mm-hmm. And like managed to protect the pie. She goes to this, I think it's her granddaughter, I yes, want to say. Yes, the madam's granddaughter, who yeah. we've seen before. And I'm pretty sure is like friends with Tombo or like they're the oh, same Oh yeah, crew. I think that's right, yeah. And she's just like, oh, like grandma bought one of her gross pies again. Yep, and really from like this pies. weird girl. Right. She's all wet. Yeah, and so um so Kiki goes home and it's just like real sad. Yeah, and misses the party. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, she gets sick from being in the rain. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when Osano like brings her some soup, <laughs> she's like, "I'm dead." Um, cool, yeah. Anyway, so I just get a little real for a second there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and so um, and then she she gets better and like starts trying to deliver stuff again, but she realizes that she can't fly anymore. Yeah, like, she's like lost that, and she also can't speak to G. She can't understand Gigi. Yeah. Anymore. She's like, I'm, I've lost my witch powers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and I think... Okay, so I think that there are two things that happen. Is that her and Tombo go on this sort of date. Right. Where they... So he's got this bicycle yes. with a big old propeller on it that mm-hmm. he's, like, prepping to make a flying machine with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go riding on the bicycle and then crash. And it's it's like a good time. Like, they have, yeah. like, a good time. And then his friends show up, including this girl, I think. Yeah. Um... And Kiki is really grumpy and, like, leaves. Yeah. And Tombo's really confused. He's like, you should hang out with us. And, yeah. And, yeah. And she's like, no, I don't want to hang out with you. And, like, is, like, kind of short with him, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, like, he doesn't know what's going on. Like, yeah. he doesn't understand why she's being like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Ursula comes to visit. Because mm-hmm. uh, Kiki gave her the address. And they, like, go back to her cabin mm-hmm. and stuff. And actually just have this, like, really... Um, most wholesome sleepover. Most wholesome. Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, this kind of gets into the flight, I think, especially in this moment, kind of becomes a metaphor for creativity, mm-hmm. for sort of doing things that you enjoy and, like, trying to find, you know. And so Ursula talks about, like, her experiences painting and tries to give her some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she, it turns out she's, like, been doing this painting of Kiki, this, yeah. like, big mural, mm-hmm. um, like, you know like artistic representation and it's dope it's really it's really cool it's like a different style than the whole rest of the movie yeah gosh you know i love that yeah (laughs) you know i love when there are multiple styles in a single movie right right that's how this is how it'd be um yeah anyway so um you know perks kiki up a little bit yeah um, so she heads back to town and then meets up with the madam who mm-hmm. calls her ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically for delivery. And he's like, no, like, I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what does he, what does she give her? I don't remember what it is. Oh. Because she, basically delivery no, is for Kiki. Yes, it's, it's, um, it's a cake. Oh, that's right. It's a cake. Yeah. Um, anyway, and so then on the TV, this is also something that's going on in the background of this movie. Yes. Is that there's this big dirigible that's, mm-hmm. like, visiting town and, like, is going to lift off and, and Tombo's, like, taking a ride in it because he's, you know, really into flying. And mm-hmm. that's sort of how he and Kiki got acquainted was he was, like, being weird and following her and being <laughs> like, you could fly. That's so cool. What a cool witch. <laughs> what a cool witch. Big mood. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then so the dirigible, like, 
there's a huge accident as it's launching. Mm-hmm. It gets like suspended like vertically in air. Yeah. Right. Um, and Tombo is like stuck on a wire at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Kiki like freaks out and yeah, I she mean, sees it on TV. Yeah. And she's like, I have to go save him. Right. He's my friend. And he's, she hasn't like flied yet since then. Right. Yeah. And so she does fly and like there's a bunch of, you know, high stakes shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, but she saves him. And then the end of the movie is like this montage of like her life and Gigi having little cat kids with the cat next door yeah. <laughs> and, um, and her and Tombo like becoming closer friends and like the delivery service working out and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Osano having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. And, and then the last, the last little bit is she sends a letter to her parents says like things are going really well and like, mm-hmm. I'm really happy and like things are hard and sometimes I'm really homesick, but like things are working out. Right. Yeah. And then she flies off into the city and that's the end of the that's the end of the movie. Yep. All right. Thirteen minutes. Not too top. Yeah. Yeah. A little less because we introed. Nice. Uh, which isn't too bad. Anyway. Um so yeah. Uh Emma, what is your like? <sighs> My like is that dog. He's a very good dog. That dog that we mentioned. His name is Jeff. He's the best boy. He's the best dog. He's the best, dare I say it, man ever. <laughs> um, he's so sweet. Um, cause what happens is, so it's like, um, this cat doll is a present for this fancy lady's nephew, and he's mm-hmm. like yeah. a little boy, um, and stuff. So he like looks two seconds like at the fake doll, which is Gigi, and he's like, I don't like this toy. I like the box that it came in better. Um, And uh, so he just kind of like throws it to the side. um, And this dog, this old, old, sweet dog. And he's just real slow. He's real slow and old and sleepy. And he just loves Gigi and just like sleeps and cuddles and stuff and eventually um when kiki returns because they don't want you know they don't want anyone to know um what happened but when she returns with the doll um jeff picks up Gigi in his mouth and like walks out the door (laughs) and like switches and Gigi's like this is my friend jeff he helped me escape and he's the sweetest that's very very good so much that's all yeah it's really good i think i mean yeah we'll get into this but i just think the show is like it's just about people being really nice to each other mm-hmm. and yeah anyway what's your yike um so yeah um it was kind of hard to come up with this uh because this is a really good movie um but yeah so i guess my yike is just like a little problem that like uh, it's not that big of a deal, I don't think. And I no. just, like, don't want to spend time on it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, Tombo is not a perfect boy. He is um not Patsu. <laughs> Patsu, the true perfect boy. Um, <laughs> Tombo is very sweet. Um, And he's also, um, shall I say, perhaps more realistic to the boys I knew when I was <laughs> a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, who he is just, like, trying to be friendly and trying to like talk about his interests you know with another person um and like really intrigued by this new girl um and so he will not leave her alone (laughs) yeah even when she's like please leave me alone even though like on multiple occasions and like multiple times within a single you know um 
event like she tells him to leave her leave her alone and go away and he does not um and you know it's like chill it's fine <laughs> like <laughs> they you know become like real friends later and it's cute um but yeah you know just it's it's hard to be uh 13 <laughs> it is hard to be 13 and uh you know, and it is also just... like it's also hard to like I feel like be interested in people and like express that interest and mm-hmm. not not even like I don't mean this in a romantic way necessarily even mm-hmm. though I think that's sort of where the movie's going with this a little bit and also respecting people's boundaries and like being like forward enough that like they you they know that you're want to hang out with them and that like yeah. you are interested in them but also like being respectful enough that you sort of back off right yeah um it's, it could be a hard balance to hit and I think like like yeah I don't think this movie. It is not a movie about, oh, this boy is creepy and weird, and then yeah. Kiki, like, becomes friends with him or falls in love with him not anyway. Like, that is not what this movie is, right? No, no. Um, he just, you know, uh, it's hard, but he could do better. Yeah. And, you know, we all could have done better, probably. Yeah. Um, we were 13. Oh, boy. So, Grace, are you ready to reveal your yike yes. upon the internet? <laughs> oh, God. I hate this. <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so basically I had a, an extremely cursed realization that Tombo looks exactly like Griffin McElroy. <laughs> of, you know, My Brother and My Brother and Me and The Adventure Zone Ooh. and Monster Factor and all that jazz, all those internet goofs. Um, yeah, I don't want to, like, drag ourselves into, like, McElroy discourse, but I just want to say that, like, every time he showed up, I was like, there's Griffin McElroy, and I hate this, and it's distracting me. <laughs> and so that is my, that's that is yike. my yike. Yeah. That's your yike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it, like, freaks me out a little <laughs> bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if, like, you enjoy this movie, and then, like, or maybe, maybe you don't like, maybe you like the McElroys, and this is chill, or maybe you don't, and it's like, <laughs> And it's just like, I don't want to think about Griffin McElroy when I'm watching this movie, but I have cursed you now. Yeah. So, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, what's your like? <laughs> so my like is, the, in the scene where Tombo and Kiki are riding the bike, uh, I don't remember exactly when it is, but there's this guy who just, like, busts up laughing at them as they're <laughs> like, bye. And I just think that's very good and human and funny. And that's all. Yeah, it actually reminds me. So when I was in, um, I was in Germany one time. I was walking down the street, and there was a little traffic intersection where people. I think like you know it, it was like kind of a four way stop situation. That's not really a thing, you know, uh, or maybe it is, but I don't know what I don't know what the signage is for it. And basically, like two cards kind of pulled out at the same time, mm-hmm. and there were like people behind them, so it was just like the intersection was all clogged up. But you could turn like if you were coming down from the south, let's say, and turning right you could just, like, skate past them, right? Mm -hmm. And so these cars who were, like, stuck were, like, honking at each other. They were, like, (laughs) making a big fuss. And then this lady, like, turns, you know, going going up, up north, turns right, and just, like, also honks (laughs) because, like, everyone's honking. And she just had this, like, really mischievous (laughs) smile. <laughs> she did that and i think about that all the time and just like sort of little moments like that where like people in the environment are like doing things right and like uh-huh. reacting to things in a way that's like doesn't center the protagonist necessarily but just like makes the world feel like a little more yeah. fleshed out and whole is really nice so 
Yeah, but I'm sure that's not the first Germany story we'll hear. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can talk about this. Is yeah. So this movie... I mean, this gets into like we, we've talked about a couple times on this on this podcast is how I think Miyazaki's really draws aesthetically from a kind of idealized Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. To be fair, in this case, um, that's like the source material that it comes from is a Japanese book. Um, oh, okay, I didn't know this. Yeah. yeah. So there's a book there um, called Kiki's Delivery Service um, mm-hmm. about. Uh, a witch, you know, and it's, like, written by a Japanese woman, um, but it's, like, a, you know, she lives and, like, goes to, like, this fake European city. Right, you know, yeah. So. No, and I think that's, I mean, very explicitly, like, what this is. I mean, yeah, like, I, I wrote down while we were watching it, um, uh, witches are real and they weren't burned, mm. right? And, like, thinking about Europe as this, like, I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know, I've been, so I'm listening to um, Friends of the Table. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Twilight Mirage, which is their second science fiction season. I don't get, like, into it, but just something they've talked about is one of their goals for the season is doing, like, a sort of utopian mm-hmm. um, thing as opposed to sort of the dystopic things that they've done in earlier seasons. And that's something I thought a lot about watching this movie and Totoro, mm-hmm. where, like, these are movies where, like, sort of institutions and, like, the places that you're in are not bad, right? Like, yeah. Kiki is not denied housing, because she's a weird stranger who belongs to a minority mm-hmm. like group, right? Which is like totally thing that would happen, in, in, you know, <laughs> in the real world, right? In real Europe, yeah, right. Like stuff like this is happening all the time on on a much grander scale, even, mm-hmm. right? Um, but Kiki's Livestreamer shows a world where a little girl can leave home at the age of thirteen and be okay, yeah, and like go to the big city and like find people that will be, you know, I'm like some in some ways I'm saying we don't never live in that world and that stuff like that never happens right or that people aren't kind but i think very deliberately this movie is showing sort of an idealized yeah um, i mean even place. the fact that it's like all the witches for like hundreds of years do like and have done this right like it's right. not a fluke you know yeah, that yeah. like things work out for her like it's, right it's to be expected and like it is um a little different, like in the city, they like haven't had like people there know about witches, but they haven't but, had like, one they in a haven't while, yeah. like seen one. There hasn't been one living there in a while, so like, um, it is like perhaps a little more hostile towards her, um, yeah, than it might be otherwise. But yeah, no, it's like, like the systems are not set up against her, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's interesting because you, know, you do the have the traffic that, cop, the <laughs> traffic cop, yeah, which is such an inter- That's such an interesting moment because it is like the only spot in the movie where like. The systems become like a little scary and threatening. Mm-hmm. There's that part where so she has this encounter with the traffic cop because she just like cause an accident basically. Yeah. Um. Because people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, flying around. Right. Well, she. I think she like. I feel like something bad happened. Like she like falls down or something weird mm-hmm. happens. Right. Um. Anyway, and she um. So the traffic cop concept is like, hey, you can't do that. And then <laughs> shouts to Tombo, who, yeah. who shouts like catch the you know, there's a thief get the thief and he's like stay right here and she leaves also <laughs> praxis to be clear <laughs> um but there's a scene later where she's in a park and like kind of like getting her lunch out trying to find a home right trying to mm-hmm. she's doing this stuff and she's just like taking a break eating, oh, eating lunch yeah. and then a cop car pulls up like on the opposite side of the park and she's like i'm out of here <laughs> yeah. right yeah. um and like that is a moment where it's like woof like i don't like, I'm scared of these these people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's sort of this... And maybe, yeah, like, maybe maybe the 
the world of Kiki is not this utopian thing, right? Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it is it is in sort of this microcosm, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, and I'm trying to think, um, because it's also it's kind of interesting because I feel like there there are so many things that feel really real that Mm -hmm. like like it's not the thing is I don't think there's like any any particular European country you could be like, oh yeah, this is where this is supposed to take place, Uh right? Um but like the bakery Dibiculi. Yeah. (laughs) Where they go to is like is like straight up like a German or Austrian bakery. Mm -hmm. Right. And like even like the setup like how like they have like the loaves of bread on the back mm-hmm. and like pastries under glass like in the front, mm-hmm. right? Is just like I went to countless places that were like that, right? Yeah. And so and I think like this attention to detail says a lot, right? And makes this world that is like not really real and is sort of dreamlike in some way mm-hmm. uh, feel like more tangible. Yeah, I mean, you just the whole movie you were just like getting sad <laughs> and like <laughs> wanting to go back to Germany. Yeah. It's true. I was never really in any, like, seaside towns or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, although that is, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. But just, like, yeah. It's also just such a, like, the, uh, like, the way, like, the sort of enclosed streets and the, like, you know, the cobblestone alleyways and, like, the, the roofs, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just everything is, like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> you know. I think there's parts of it, yeah, like, I'm sure there are parts of it that I think feel a little more French or, or Italian and people, like, I've, I've been to, to France and Italy. I have not lived there in any extended capacity um so i'm sure people who have done that um also like people who are you know uh live in those places like for real <laughs> who are not like you know uh american punks um you know have would have like more things to say about that um but so i think yeah i i think i don't know i don't know if i have like a complete thought about how it does this right mm-hmm. i do think it's interesting um that yeah that like miyazaki does return to europe as like sort of an aesthetic thing mm-hmm often and i don't know if that's just an effect of like you know the exporting of culture and like how you know that like uh not that there's like not you know a tradition of like upholding and preserving like japanese art and culture but there also is one of like like there are lots of classical musicians in japan right Mm -hmm. and like you know european classical music right Mm -hmm. and so you know i don't know like i just don't know how to like split that up right but yeah there's a thing that's going on Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a pretty movie it's very beautiful. And man. I hope to go to Germany with you someday. I would love that. It's going to happen. We'll see. We don't have money. It's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So I think kind of going along sort of this idealized lines, and maybe this is just us, <laughs> um, it was really easy for me to see this movie as very, very queer. This movie is so gay. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Because I, I have things. Um, I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like, just everybody, like, almost everybody in this movie is queer yeah. in some way. And it was just, like, hitting this. Um, I mean, like, yeah, like, I'll let you, like, talk about Ursula. Yeah. Except, like, before we, like, discuss, you know, we were just like, like yeah, like, Ursula is trans. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it was, like, in my head. Right. Um, and just, um, Tombo is a sweet little disaster by. Um, with his shirt tucked in and his pants rolled up. <laughs> sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, just like, you know, just just trying to talk to a girl, um, you know, <laughs> who's like not that interested in him. Right. Um, yeah, oh, um, we decided that, because um, the, there's the old madam and she 
got, has, you know, a person who, at first glance, you might think she's a servant, but actually she's just, you know, a butch wife, you know, caring <laughs> for her femme wife who is, you know, you know, ill and then needs help. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is what's going on. That's exactly what's happening. Um, Osano is a great ally, you know, housing a queer youth, yeah. you know, a homeless queer youth. Um, and she also, you know, is a proponent of workers' rights. So, you know, that's great. Oh, yeah. That part where she's like, you need to, like, ask for what you should deserve, Well, right? yeah, because she, um, she asked Kiki to make a delivery for her. Oh, that's right. Um, this is so good. When she's, like, not, you know, when she, like, isn't able to fly. And so then Kiki, like, looks, at, you know, is like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't fly. But she looks at it and she's like, oh, it's not too far. Like, I'll just run over and get it. And stuff. And Osano is like, here's your money for it. And she's like, oh, no, no. Like, it's so close. And, like, you... we're friends and you take care of me. And stuff. And she's like, no, like, you always get paid for your work. <laughs> always yeah. get, like, paid Well, I think that's, like, such deserve. a, like, yeah, like, such a value. Like, it just shows, like, Osano's, like, uh, I mean, empathetic mm-hmm. element, but, like, also that she's, like, yeah, she's trying to, like, look out for this person who's, like, new in yeah, the world. Yeah, and, like, like, not gonna let her be exploited. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah, it's, like, I mean, I, I think of, like, yeah, just, like, I know people was, like, man, I, I really, like, people who could have used that kind of person in their lives, <laughs> but also, like, I know people who are like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so, good ally. Um, yeah, and, like, Kiki... We're not sure, but, like, this well, whole movie is about her just trying to figure herself out. Yeah, well, there's just a couple of moments that really hit me bad. Um, there's a part where, I don't really remember, like, where in the movie this is, but she's, like, walking down the street, and these girls, kind of, like, the same, like, sort of girls as, like, these kind of, this snooty rich girl, right, are just walking by, and they're, like, wearing, like, fancy dresses and jewelry mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, and they're just, like, talking with each other. They're just talking, yeah, they're just hanging out. And, and Kiki is, like, kind of looking at them, and there's this, and I think, you know, the, earlier in the movie, she's looking at these, like, shoes, these really nice shoes, right? And just being like, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could wear those. Um, and basically, this moment where Kiki is like, man, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could do that. And it's just, like, to me, struck me as very trans, mm-hmm. right? And that Kiki, like, wants to sort of be, like, something that she, she's not really sure that she is or, like, is capable of being, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know? I mean, she's, like, not butch or, like, unfeminine, necessarily, but she mm-hmm. is, like... Like, and she talks about her dress all the time. Yeah, she has she's this, supposed this big to wear black dress. this, yeah. like, plain black bulky dress because of tradition. Right, and she hates it, mm-hmm. right? She hates the dress, and, like... And I just kind of... Yeah, I don't... Like, I just feel like the parallels here are sort of obvious, but just spell them out. Like, it's, like... Yeah, like, I don't know, sometimes, like, wearing girls' clothes makes you feel really empowered, and sometimes I feel gross, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think, like, these sort of moments where she's trying to, like, look at herself and look at other people and, like, is seeing alternative ways of being. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of where, like, Ursula really comes in is because she's, like, this model, right? She's this much older girl mm-hmm. who is, like, a friend and a peer, but also, like, a guiding voice for, for Kiki, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about, like, a lot of people, I mean, not really, unfortunately, like, in real life, like, I don't really know, uh, like, I mean, I know... There are trans people who, like, I follow on Twitter and, and like, know kind of mm-hmm. who are, like, live locally to me, um, but none that, like, I'm, like, regularly interacting with, mm-hmm. right? Um, so a lot of that has come from, like, being online and seeing, like, trans and non-binary people uh, who are also trans, for the record, <laughs> talking about uh, their experiences and trying to, like, live in and work through things authentically, right? Um, 
And so they, I, Ursula just like seeing how Ursula talks to Kiki and talks about these things is like hit me in this way that felt like like felt like a queer mm-hmm. friendship, right? Yeah. yeah, and it has this very particular like almost um, you know paternal mm-hmm. dynamic, right? And I don't, I don't mean that it's not creepy, it's not like weird, mm-hmm. and it's not like necessarily a big age difference or anything like that, but it's just like someone who knows the ropes of like being trans like talking to someone who doesn't right yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i, I <coughs> love i love all that so much yeah um and i mean i have more stuff <laughs> i always have more stuff <laughs> yeah um oh no i just wanted to like point out um because that same scene with kiki that you were talking about seeing the other girls like also hit me yeah um but not in like the same way as you because for me that just felt like um you know i mean i'm cis and that just felt, i was like yeah like that's what it is to be like a 13 year old girl right no <laughs> right? Yeah. it's like it's like um and you know especially if like kiki is queer in like some other way right it's right. like she's like drawn to these girls but like also hates them because yeah. like like she because they're just like so much prettier and like have better clothes and like right. they have friends they have each other and she has none of that and like it just like when you see things like that um i think you know at any age but like especially when you're that age you know a teenager it's just like i will never have like i don't have that and i never yeah. will and this like is like the rest of my life is going to be a disaster right because like i don't have those shoes and like you know, right, yeah. and like it's a small thing in the role, but it just like feels so hard. And like yeah. that is like real. Well, I mean, this is a painful. this is a really different thing for me because I felt like I um going to going to like middle school and high school, I did not have friends who were into the same things that I was in mm-hmm. the same way that I was. Um, and this is something that like is true, I think, kind of in general, um, for me today, right? Where it's like a lot of my irl friends are like not into video games right or mm-hmm. movies or like in the way that i which is to be clear 100 percent okay and it's not a fault in their character right but it is like oh there's a distance there in some way that like there were parts of me that like i don't share with them mm-hmm. in the same way that i would like another person right yeah um and i feel like that was a lot of the time in in uh, middle school and high school was like the way i knew how to relate and talk to people was through talking about like things that I liked and enjoyed, mm-hmm. which used to line up with popular taste, right? Yeah. Among my friend group, like I was into Yu-Gi-Oh, and so was so were my friends. And like I was into Magic the Gathering, and so were my friends, right? Mm-hmm. But like I was into sixty Spider-Man comics. <laughs> I was into Mouse by Arch Pickleman, <laughs> as you know, a middle schooler, right? Like yeah. in, starting to get into like comics and stuff, and like people were not interested in those things right mm-hmm. in the way that i was and like it was all this is also like pre the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> right yeah the the complete domination of like quote-unquote nerd culture in the mainstream and so like i just did not have this connection with people that um was like integral to how i like interacted right yeah and so mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a very different thing but i think part of it is like kiki feels like she's missing a code yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think obviously that resonates with like trans experiences and bi experiences mm-hmm. and just like also like just being a teenage girl in the world. Right? Yeah. And so, so, um, or being a teenage boy for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Tombo is having a rough time. Yeah. Talking about his flying machine. <laughs> uh, but I'm so glad he has the aviation club. 
Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, like I, I wish I had had something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, you know. Yeah, and so um, I think that's just a great thing. I do. I want like want to hear the rest of your thoughts. Um, but I just think in in media, that's like a lot about identity. Um, but even if it's not, it's just like so freeing and great to just say like everybody in this movie is queer and like i can explain it to you but like i also don't have to like, right it yeah. can just be real to me i mean this is something that we've done with star wars too <laughs> exactly, right? right um which is like a little silly but i think also like like this is the thing that 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 is frustrating to me about conversations about representation mm-hmm. um is that it it so often puts the power in the hands of like these multimedia corporations mm-hmm. whose interest in representation is entirely financial. Maybe we could reap this demographic, yeah. right? Bring this demographic in um and like have, you know, and like it, it's a relationship that is fundamentally kind of exploitative, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that like I I you know think that like yeah, like I don't think that means that like Black Panther was bad necessarily, or like you know what I mean. That like, but I do think there is there's an element that like we have to address that like filmmaking is like on some level because it is in capitalism like fundamentally unethical, yeah. <laughs> right? At a certain scale, and like how, you know, that we should be like thinking about that, and also that like something can be queer because you are queer and you say it is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There does not have like Clueless is like the straightest movie oh, on earth, yes. But that movie is also like very queer to me, mm-hmm. right? And like it is because I say it is, right? <laughs> that like that is, and I don't mean that like I don't mean that like it's not based on anything in the text, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. like get off on kind of about clues, but just saying that like you know you can if something resonates with you, like you can articulate that, and like that's part of like really good criticism. I think mm-hmm. is is based in not necessarily personal experience, but a, 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 sub, a perspective, a, a theory, a mm-hmm. sort of energy using to explore something. And like, um, and I think that relies on a metrics that are not interested in sort of like straightforward representation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean like that. To be clear, I am not. I am hundred percent not saying that we don't need more art yeah. that is made by, you know, queer people by people of color, mm-hmm. um, which is that we need um, to like let those voices be and exist in as many places as possible, mm-hmm. right? And recognize that like, there's never going to be a day where you know i mean maybe there will be a day where like queer art is like at the forefront and the center of of like public life right but we will be in a very different world that we need mm-hmm. to build at an individual level and like we do that by like supporting mm-hmm. the who are our peers and, and friends and and you know and the the colored right the all kinds of marginalized art right um and we also do that by like you know just queering and Mm-hmm. everything that we see right and like <laughs> yeah. that we don't we don't have to wait for permission to do that yeah it's just i just think yeah these things where like these things just stick with you and people will, like look back and be like oh i liked this straight thing like because i was gay right, <laughs> right and yes. i didn't know it but like it did something for me and, yeah. stuff. and so i think just like recognize you know it's just like powerful yeah to recognize like when these influences like show up in our lives and like, when i think also like i mean there's you know, there's a lot of like maybe kind of dumb or bad tumblr jokes about this thing specifically but like there was a lot there's a long history of people being like oh that's not like come on like that's <laughs> not gay and when it like it's really obviously gay mm-hmm. right and so i think like turning the tide on that also means like yeah like star wars that's gay <laughs> yeah. you know or like clueless 
romantic comedies. Those are gay, yeah. you know? Right? Yeah. So, and I think, I think that's the thing is that I'm, like, sometimes there are discussions I think about feminism and art and feminism and, and just, like, you know, like, racism often, again, like, puts the focus on, like, oh, we need to, like, change these systems. Or it's, like, the system itself. And, like, we do need to change these systems, but not in the way I think people suggest. That it's, like, oh, like, if we have more Disney movies that feature people of color, <laughs> yeah. then things will be good, right? Yeah. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have more thoughts? I think that about covers it. Yeah, I mean, I think we just, uh, just to point out, you know, you can watch the movie, you can find, you know, you can build your own argument and look at the text yourself, um, but I just want to point out <laughs> that we were literally watching the movie and, like, talking about, like, hey, like, Ursula is trans, right? <laughs> and then literally the next, like, 30 seconds later, <laughs> they're hitchhiking and they get picked up, you know, by this guy driving a truck, um, and the scene starts with Ursula asking the man. <laughs> So you really thought I was a boy. <laughs> yeah. And like she's wearing like a little tank top and short shorts and a sun hat and she has long hair. Yeah. <laughs> this man thought she was a boy. And so we're like, wow. Like we're like it's there. Yeah, it's there. It's right <laughs> like, there. The text yeah. is screaming at us. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Wow. Um something I think I would like to talk about a little bit is um Kiki's like we talked a little bit about this while we were watching. We kind of noticed that every girl has like the same face yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That's yeah, that's a classic thing in animation. Yeah. Um and whereas like yeah, like I mean there's not the thing is there's not that many male characters mm-hmm. in this movie, but the like two or three like have very distinct faces from each other. Mm-hmm. Um and also there's something that I noticed that's been sort of a thread, I think, through these Mizaki movies where um like, when Kiki first, like, wears the dress and stuff, mm-hmm. her dad is like, oh, you look so much like your mom. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember they, that all the pirates were saying that about, you know. <laughs> You're right. Um, what's her face in <laughs> Castle in the Sky? Uh, Cheetah. Cheetah. Um, and uh, I feel like that was a thing in Totoro, too, but maybe not. Uh, I can't remember specific instances. Oh, well, it, um, the dad tells um, Satsuke how much she looks like, you know, her mom when right. she was a little girl. Yeah, and I, I think that, like, um, I feel like, yeah, wow, I didn't know. Anyway, um, I feel like the movie is sort of doing something where it's, like, like kind of being like, oh, yeah, like, these women, they're going to grow up one day, and they're going to be dope moms. You know, they're going to be moms, and that's great, mm-hmm. right? Um, and anyway, M of Animal Mapping, who's also doing uh, a, co-hosting a, um, a Ghibli rewatch podcast mm-hmm. uh, called And Then an Airplane, I think. I have not yet listened to the first episode. Uh, I will. I'm sure it is good. Um, but uh, but they were talking about how, I think on the Admiral Mapping Discord, they were talking about how, like, Mizaki maybe doesn't get enough criticism for how um, limited some of the roles his his women are, whereas, mm-hmm. like, they sort of end up being moms, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, like, motherliness is, like, a common mm-hmm. thing between, like, a bunch of these... Uh, female characters, right? Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking about that, and I think that's, like, true of this movie, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Ursula is, like, completely uh, yeah. separate from that. Yeah. In a, in a cool way, right? Where she mm-hmm. is, like, like, there's no... 
And you think it's, I mean, part of it is she seems almost mythical, right? Like, she's, like, this figure in the woods who, like, lives a lot. Like, you don't know, how does she make money? Where does this cabin come from? Let's not talk about the fact that in, like, the original uh, Japanese voice cast, it's the same actor playing Kiki and Ursula. What? (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Okay, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, like, that's amazing. That's uh, just more trans readings right there. There you go. Um... But, like, yeah, like, I, I just think that, like, it is nice to have a person in this movie who is, like, you know, not a mom and not going to become a mom, probably. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to, like, I think partially I'm a little blinder to this because um, so much of how um, how femininity has been framed to me, how um, feminism even has been framed to me growing up in a, in a pretty religious setting has been through motherhood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that even, like, as compass is like, oh, well, like, maybe maybe don't have, like, authority in, in like, this church setting, but they do, they can be moms, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that being, like, this kind of, like, important, like, spiritual gift and a way of, like, interpreting itself. I mean, I mean like, I went to a panel at my university where the women on the panel describe themselves as maternal feminists, right? So, which is pretty wild. Um, But, like, this is, yeah, so, like, I don't, it is maybe hard for me to sort of, like, get uh, a grip or, like, distance from that um, somewhat, but I like that Ursula is there and, like, does this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that the movie lingers on, the movie's about. And I don't think, like, I mean, I don't think, like, Miyazaki's really capable of, like, making that movie, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it is here. It is there, right? Mm -hmm. In a way that it isn't, and I think especially Castle in the Sky. Yeah. No, um... I think it's maybe across, like... Across, like, all the Miyazaki movies, or most of them, or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. certainly a smattering. Um, And in, like, lots of, like, media for kids, you know, as, like, they've tried to give more like power and like identity and you know like importance to like women yeah. um, in media it almost becomes and like i kind of talked about this um in our castle in the sky episode like how we like expect like this like perfect woman right right um, yeah who's like not allowed to be like weird or different it's like all the men are like unique in their not just their look but like their interests and their personalities and right. like what they do um, whereas, you know, like, all the women are, like, strong and capable and, like, you know, talented, right. um, but also, like, loving and generous, right, you know? Right, Um, and stuff. And so there is kind of this, like, idealization, um, of certainly, like, the, like, you know, I would like to be that woman, like, you right, know, yeah. in all times and places, um, and stuff. Um, but, yeah, but, like, Ursula does, like, give us this view into, like... Right. What I think, to be fair, like, like, San, so Princess Mononoke, the title of the character Princess Mononoke, is also, like, not a kind person, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, at least in certain, in certain, in certain sense, right? And she's wrathful and wants vengeance and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I think, like, I, I would be clear that, like, I think Miyazaki's, like, pretty good about this stuff mm-hmm. in general, um, at least in sort of a broad sense, but I, I do think it's, it's worth, like, trying to talk through some of those limitations. Yeah. And, like... Because the thing is, the thing that's really also, I think, that's, like, super valuable and important to learn as someone who's, like, a media critic, right, and, you know, is that, like, the text always has holes, right? There's always places where the, the like, ideology slips or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, like, even works that are, like, deeply sort of troubling or 
or terrible, right, usually have some sort of like, well, like, you know, like there's, um, I mean, we read in in this uh, Latin American humanities classic, like, you know, accounts of, um, you know, the, the, the encounter or the, the conquest of, of South America. And you're reading these accounts of people who were like with Cortez, who like burned down, you know, um, like Aztec cities, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this part where like they're talking about approaching like, you know, modern, what is now modern day Mexico City. Um, I like cannot print, it's Tecococlan or? Um, I, Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan, there you go. That's the one. Um, And talking about like how astoundingly beautiful it is, right? That it was like unearthly, like unlike anything they had ever seen. And that Mm -hmm. like these, these Europeans were just completely taken by it right Mm -hmm. and like they burned that place down you know they did that but there is this moment in the text where they're like wow like what a beautiful thing we have destroyed (laughs) right and like and i don't mean like there's you know the there's all sorts of complexities with the the politics of the aztecs at that time and like why the europeans would be able to be successful um in you know murdering people right (laughs) In, in doing a colonialism but like I just think those, yeah, like, even in these, like, deep, these texts are, like, steeped in moral justification for the atrocities committed at this period. Like, there is this slippage of, there's this beautiful thing that we killed, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, that, I just think, yeah, anyway, that's, like, a whole tangent, but just saying that, like, like, it is easy to be, like, sometimes, like, oh, this text is bad, and, like, here's here's why it's sexist, right? And that's not, and that can be productive and valuable work, Mm -hmm. but it's also, you know, but also, there's always there's a wrinkle to it too, right? Yeah, I think the reverse could be said as well. Like, yes, for know, sure. People be like, "This is like a good movie. This is a feminist movie, you know, right. whatever and stuff." And like, yeah, people people slip all the time. Yeah, well, thinking about like how, like, I mean, yeah, like how how many people read the Last Jedi as super subversive? <laughs> when in some ways, I think like there is there is a conservatism to that movie, right? Mm-hmm. That I think is worth digging into, mm-hmm. right? And that we attempted to on our podcast. Yeah. Um, Okay, one thing I really like, this is just a little thing, uh-huh. uh, maybe we can spur up some discussion about this, I really like how Tombo is also heroic when he's being rescued. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's like, he's helpless, right? He needs Kiki to, to do the do the thing, Yeah. right? But it is like, he is being brave, and I think that's something that, like, I mean, to be clear, I don't want to, like, read more damsel in distress stories, but that's something that is missing from damsel in distress stories, where the person who is being rescued is also being brave and also being strong mm-hmm. and maybe in a different way, but you you don't really get that, right? They're mm-hmm. just a victim, right? Yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't know if I like that phrasing, but they are, they are viewed purely and in sort of these stark terms, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, there's certainly lots of opportunity um, to read, like we were talking earlier, like reading queerness um, into things like reading this like bravery, you know, yeah. into like, being rescued or whatever um there's just like a really good thing i saw one time about like the the original like disney cinderella animated movie yeah we were mm-hmm. like that move you know it's like she doesn't do anything you know and right she yeah. just gets married you know right that's the movie but like you know just somebody who like talked about how that, that was their favorite movie because like it showed somebody who like was surviving an abusive situation and like came out of it like still full of love for people and like right. wasn't like destroyed by that and like held on to like the yeah police. right so like it was like a really cool like thing right and, and again that like is like like i'm not gonna watch cinderella and get that from it right mm-hmm. but like you might and that is important and good yeah. right and like and, sharing like, that yeah you know, with other people who mm-hmm. wouldn't see that Right. 
Yeah, and I just think like I mean I, I think about um, so shoutouts to Logan Kenny I believe on on Twitter is a interesting boom critic. He really loves Trout Legacy, a movie that I did not like mm-hmm. um, and probably still wouldn't like watching upon rewatch, right? Um, but he pulls things out of that movie that like I could never find, mm-hmm. um, and I think introduces some like really powerful like criticism in that way. Um, anyway, so like that's I guess the thing is like you have that power, right? And that is, you don't have to, like, write about it. You don't have to be, like, a media critic. Yeah. But, like, you have the potential to, like, read and do these things. And, like, you don't have to wait for someone to tell you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of, like, what this movie is about a little bit, too. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, a, it, to try and bring it back a little bit. <laughs> um, it's just that, like, like, yeah, like, Kiki is kind of waiting on this like approval and in some ways like she does get it at the end you know Mm -hmm. she gets like this moment where she like does this very public daring rescue and people are throwing confetti down and everything (laughs) right but she also has to find something in herself and like that that is what enables her to do it and not this like sort of more open public approval right yeah well i yeah i mean that's the whole thing because um we see Towards the beginning, like, at the beginning of this movie when she's flying away from home, yeah. and she comes across another witch. Oh, yeah. Um, who's been I out. love this scene so much. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Oh, she's um, so, she's the worst. <laughs> I know, but she is, oh, she is such, it's like, again, coming back to Clueless, that scene where, you know, Cher says, well, you know, as someone who was born, you know, a month ahead of you you know i'm older and wiser <laughs> and therefore no more and that is exactly this girl <laughs> that's right oh, what a good movie clueless is clueless uh yeah we we will do a clueless pod someday yeah. someday it'll, yeah it'll happen yeah. um but yeah so this she meets this witch who's been out for almost a year right her her time being on her own is almost up and stuff and she's like all decked out she's like wearing this pink like witch dress um and like has all this like jewelry and like her hair is done up her cat has a necklace <laughs> yeah, yeah she's got like this fancy snooty cat um and stuff and so like kiki's asking her for advice and like you know asking about her experience and she's like oh like yes i have my specialty it's you know um creating like love you know pro- like telling fortunes about love right. um or whatever and she's all like hi my and she's like well what's your specialty and he's like i don't know like yeah i don't know like what i'm supposed to do or be you know i just know i'm supposed to be a witch and like what does that mean you know and, and she's yeah. like and she's like i can only really fly like, yeah she's like, that's all i can do um because like her mom is like a potions witch you know and right. like um and like all these witches have like you know supposedly like these witchy specialties and stuff but she's like the only thing i can do is fly and she like is able to turn that into something you know with her delivery service and it's like not a thing you would usually think about you know, witches being right, like, yeah. right, like they fly, you know, that's a common thing, but like not delivering packages, you know, for people right, yeah. um, and stuff. And so, yeah, this movie is like, um, and like going along with that, like turning this thing that she loves flying, like figuring out how to turn it into a business without like getting burned out and yeah. destroyed and stuff. And so it's like, she has to do all this work of like meaning making. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure to like fit into this tradition but also like be herself yeah 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 anyway this movie is real real good Mm -hmm. um do we have any final thoughts is there anything you want to touch before we sign off here 
Um, I'm not sure. Um, I like still. There's just like uh, there's so much just like 13 year old girl realness in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like when she's leaving home and like, um, you know. She, like, puts on her witch dress and, like, it has a moment with her dad. And he's like, oh, you're so, you're like, you're so grown up and, and stuff. And then she, like, asks him to pick her up like a little girl. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, so sweet. It's, like, three minutes into the movie and I was, like, crying <laughs> yeah. um, and stuff. And that's just, like, a, like a teenager well, thing. Well, like, it's also, like... Like, the feeling of, like, wanting to be young, mm-hmm. but also wanting to get old already yeah. is, like, a real... Yeah, just, yeah. like, you know, across, like, all 13-year-olds, yeah. I think. Um, and, um... I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just... And, yeah, like, just uh, that other witch, like, that scene just killed me. Because it's yeah. just, like, so real just like. yeah well i think it's also just such a it's such a like i mean it's not she's not like super mean or anything yeah but there's just but. so like common cruelty to that yeah. scene that just feels bad <laughs> yeah um, um but no yeah like that's this movie felt different to me um than the other miyazaki movies and like i don't know it just felt more like um commonplace isn't the right word but just like it just felt the most relatable and i'm not entirely sure why even though we just spent like our whole totoro episode talking about like how relatable that movie felt yeah um and it's not like this movie is like devoid of you know magical things we haven't uh we haven't talked about like natural world stuff even though it's in this movie i Mm -hmm. think um yeah i think i feel like part of it is just that um I feel like part of it is just that, like, all... I mean, well, not really Totoro, but, like... Like, Kiki is becoming a woman, and the movie is partially about her growing up, Mm -hmm. right? And also, she's valued kind of on her own terms, whereas, Mm -hmm. like... I mean, like, um, Cheetah in in Castle in the Sky and, like, Nausicaa are, like, used in some ways, but also the movie, like, values them in some way because Mm -hmm. they have this, like destiny because they have like this thing going on (laughs) right this ability to like bring peace or like end some sort of terrible violence right and like kiki does not have any of those things there Mm -hmm. is no there is no grand destiny for her yeah right um but like the movie still like values her and values her in this way that's maybe like similar to how um you know shita and nausicaa function in their respective movies right Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if that's yeah yeah it just feels like this is the thing I noticed, like, with the animation, like, it felt slightly different. I say that about every single one of these movies. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. We'll talk, like, talk about this. It just right? felt a lot softer and, like, more lush. And even though it was, like, like, you know, Totoro and Nausicaa especially have these, like, like gorgeous, detailed, like, natural landscapes, you know, and right. so then, like, mm-hmm. so much goes into, like, you know, yeah. um, all this particular stuff, and, like, Kiki's just feels like it's, like, pastoral, almost, yeah. like, it's just, like, it's, like, beautiful, and not in, like, this, you know, like, let's get down and, like, look at, like, 
why? You know, like, right. it's like, you know, they spend, like, time in the forest, and it, like, doesn't linger. It's like, it's the, the trees Right, it's almost here. more, I mean, I feel like it's maybe a little bit crass, uh, but he's it's, it's almost more impressionistic, in yeah. a sense, right? Where it's, like, about sort of this, this visual experience, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're not taking in details, you're taking in sort of this, oh, this impression, this overall yeah. sort of sensory experience, right? Yeah. And I think, like, that's honestly, like, that's honestly more like how people live their lives like right especially in regards to nature yeah. well, I like think, you experience like the beauty as a whole often. right well i think about the part of like where um i mean in, in kiki and in, in castle in the sky there's just like very detailed like mechanical processes mm-hmm. where like like flying the ship or like kiki i mean not kiki uh, nausicaa like emptying out the gunpowder over the the omai so she can blow it off and mm-hmm. take it home right and stuff like that where it's like um, and Kiki, like Kiki, the Kiki deals with that stuff, but much more in the abstract, right? You, you don't yeah. like learn how Tombo's flying machine works. Yeah, no, it's right? true. Or, or like, how the flying works, right? Exactly. I just think because the the times where we see Kiki like take off, you know, and stuff, it's like it focuses on her face, right? And she's just like. You know, she's like intense. Her and hair like, raises. Yeah, yeah, her hair like There's lifts the, up. That Ghibli her, thing. Her skirt, you know, a little bit, and right. like there's like a rustle. But yeah, it's like, it's not. Um, yeah, it, like you said, it's not this like mechanical, like detailed process. It's like, she she knows how to do it, <laughs> and like whoever right. does it, like we're not privy to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just it just does feel more like people are living their lives, right? Um, and stuff in a way where like maybe in Totoro, like I mean, it's obviously these girls living their lives. Well, but know, it, every day. I think it also but, like as a kid, you know, right? Well, no, when you're different. a kid, it's the way I think yeah, just the way you you experience life is very different. And that movie also like like going doing the summary is like this movie has plots, yeah, right? Like this movie has beats where like there are, like, things happening and, like, cause and effect. Like, that yeah. whole sequence with the doll, mm-hmm. right, is, like, that is, like, that could be its own short film. Yeah. Right? Where it's, like, that, and that is, that movie has a plot. Yeah. Right? Uh, in a way that I think Totoro does not, right? Mm-hmm. Totoro has, like, these encounters and then kind of, like, suddenly gains plot in, like, the last ten <laughs> minutes, right? Um, but, like, and I feel like that's something that's different about the way you like think about and experience life to some degree mm-hmm. when you're when you're younger is like it feels at least the, my memory of it at the very least is more dreamlike is more yeah. disconnected from sort of um, you know cause and effect and like moments and individual things right yeah. so, so yeah. yeah I think it just felt like I mean that's what this movie is it's about like a regular you know but like different girl yeah you know just like well, but I, trying to. I think that's one of the things I actually really, really like about it um, is that magic is not is not a thing that makes yeah. you cool and special and like wow, like I'm a witch and like I gonna do all this cool. Yeah. Like it's just like a thing you can be and a yeah. thing you can do. Right? Yeah, which we like do, which is like present in Totoro. Um, oh, for sure. But I, th- I think what I just mean that more like I mean think about like being a wizard in like Harry Potter, for example, yeah. is like a a power fantasy where it's mm-hmm. like I'm gonna be cool, and that's one of the fundamental I think tensions of that series is that it's like has this weird racism metaphor, but also like wizards are just cooler than regular people, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's like the way people talk about like oh like I've seen people wearing shirts or like has like things on the back of their laptops or like don't let the muggles get you down, right? <laughs> and it's like this 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 you know yeah. anyway we don't have to get to Harry Potter, but just saying that like something I like about this is magic is like ordinary and it's beautiful and like compelling and mm-hmm. and it is like an art, right? It, Ursula compares it to yeah cooking and drawing, mm-hmm. right? 
and it's just like a thing that you know people do right and i just think that's like i'm i'm yeah and this is partially like how my taste of it like changed i'm just really interested in that kind of like mundanity of, of magic yeah. right mm-hmm. no so but yeah it's good yep. it's a good movie <laughs> yeah, it's a very good movie all right um yeah so the next movie we'll be watching is porco rosa which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I think it's actually interesting how, like, there's... Anyway, we'll see. We'll get into some stuff with that movie, but it's interesting how, like, this... It's like we have Totoro, which is, like, young kids, and then Kiki, which is, like, about teenagers, mm-hmm. and then Pororoso, which is about adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know if that's gonna, like, match cleanly to that thing I just outlined, but... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. We are supported by the Admiral Mapping Podcast Network. They mm-hmm. host us um, on their website, which is abnormalmapping.com. Mm-hmm. You can support them um, at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. Yeah, support them so they can keep making their Ghibli podcast Yeah, um, and supporting us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> as we, uh, as we wrap, wrap up our stuff, hopefully, <laughs> soon-ish. Yeah, we're getting through. We're get, we are getting through. Yeah. Um, you can find us at Seasons Movie Pod on Twitter. Uh, email us your questions at um, at seasonspod at gmail.com. Sure can. You can also find us on the Abnormal Mapping website at abnormalmapping.com slash seasonsmoviepod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at U of Wales on Twitter. The letter U of Wales. Yeah. Yep. Just see me going off. See me reading, you know, queerness into Taylor Swift's lyrics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just what we talked about. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Grace underscore machine. Um, yeah. I think that's it from us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yes. Uh, we will see you, or, he, you know, you'll listen to us <laughs> uh, next time when we talk about Porco Rosso. Yes.